This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. According to Tim Bellis, lawyer of many years standing and fellow in management practice who runs Cambridge Executive Education's tailored leadership and management development programmes, the UK's legal sector is facing dramatic change as it navigates through a near-perfect storm. Fueled not just by the economic downturn, but also by increasingly sophisticated corporate demands at good prices, plus what's known as LPO legal process outsourcing and offshoring, there's also the UK-specific market liberalisation which allows non-lawyers to own legal businesses. The impact of all this, predicts Tim Bellis, is a more nuanced approach to graduate recruitment resulting in two tiers of lawyers. The best and brightest will still be in demand and fast-track to the ultimate goal of partnership, but their route will be very different to the traditional path. A second tier of the averagely good will be wanted for increasingly commoditised work. The challenge there, as in the LPO work undertaken in India, will be to keep them motivated, interested and satisfied. There is a massive change and the impact for... Uh, the recruitment policies of Western law firms comes in because traditionally they've only ever hired the best and the brightest from the leading universities and and that's what you'd expect. Tell any professional, you don't have to be a lawyer, tell any professional uh, would you like an also ran who's a plodder or the very best from one of the top universities and and it's a no-brainer, they'll go for the very best person. But the experiences of work now being outsourced uh, to places like India suggest that actually firms are going to have to rethink how they approach the recruitment um, policies that they have in place. When that outsourcing first started, I'm sure there was a rumble of discontent within the sector, within the industry, uh, that how can you outsource the sort of work that we are doing? We work to such a very high standard. You're absolutely right, and I think there are two two strands to, to pursue. When um, work was originally being outsourced, the, the great concerns of the clients were quality, obviously, and um, confidentiality and security. Now, in relation to confidentiality and security, I think everyone has been reassured Uh, I personally had a visit to uh, India last year and visited many of these um, LPOs, as they're called, legal process outsourcers, and the security um, systems they have in place are way beyond anything that a a Western law firm has. The work and the quality of the work was the big issue. Were these LPOs going to produce work that was of a quality that was consistent with the quality that the big law firms were delivering to their clients and that has taken a number of years to evolve Um, but one of the reasons why I became particularly interested in this topic was following a conversation with the general counsel so senior lawyer at one of the top FTSE 100 companies who said that uh, they have a lot of litigation discovery Uh, work that is now being outsourced to India and what really surprised them they were were expecting it obviously to be cheaper they were expecting a a quick turnaround what they hadn't been expecting was that the quality would be higher than the quality that they'd got from their uh, London lawyers. So the clients are not worried about that? The clients are no longer worried the interesting 
uh, worried about quality. The interesting element is how have the legal process outsourcers got to a stage, and this is the thing I find fascinating, how have they got to the stage that they're producing work that's of a higher quality? And the answer to that issue is initially they didn't. Initially they did what Western law firms do. They recruited the best and the brightest from the top Indian law schools who came to them, uh, were excited by the idea of doing international work. But after a few months they realised, well actually this is pretty routine, mundane work. Um, they were looking for quick ways around um, how to do the work. They didn't want to follow the processes and procedures that had been set out for them. There was a high churn rate. These people would stay for a few months, be trained up and then move on. So the next phase for the Indian outsourcers was, OK, how do we recruit people who are going to stay um, and provide a, a stable basis for, for the work that we're doing? And so they decided to change their recruitment policy and they looked for people who were good enough. So out lawyers from law schools, maybe not the very best law schools and maybe not the very best people, but people who had other qualities, who were going to be uh, institutionally loyal, they were prepared to put in the hard hours and the work to follow the processes and systems that had been laid out to do this work. And yes, they achieved their objective of reducing the churn of employees, but more importantly, and perhaps slightly surprisingly even to them, they've now got a work product that is the equal or better than the product, the quality be being experienced and, and produced by the, the Western law firms. Can you see that being replicated in the West? Can you see it being replicated here in the UK? I think if Western law firms are to replicate the, the successes that Indian outsourcing operations have had in dealing with commoditized work, the, the, the simple elements of perhaps more uh, complex transactions, then they're going to have uh, quite a management challenge because if, if what we're saying about the success of the Indian outsourcers is due to recruiting people who are good enough but maybe not the very best, that is counter-cultural to big law firms in the West who will inevitably think it's unprofessional to um, hire people who are not the very best people that they could hire. I think the other challenge that if they're going to replicate the Indian outsourcing model, the other challenge that will come up is, yes, you're going to have to continue to recruit the best and the brightest to do the, the most difficult work, but if you're accepting that you recruit less able people to do the more commoditized work, you're effectively going to create a two-tier structure and have to manage the careers and expectations of two cohorts of lawyers. And speaking as a former lawyer, I can say this, law, law firms are not great at managing the careers of, of anybody in the first place. So the idea that they're going to have to now be more sophisticated in managing potentially the careers of two cohorts of people, the best and the brightest doing the most complex work, and then um, those doing the more commoditized work, I think will be a challenge for, for most firms. You seem to be steering in the direction of creating teams, you know, where it's so important that, you've got, that the team welds together well and, and the, those at the top don't get bored and those at the bottom aren't just picking up the crumbs, but everybody is pulling in the right direction. 
I'm steering in the direction of teams because that was the experience that I observed in the uh, Indian outsourcing operations, that they were able to do good quality work and maintain motivation and morale amongst the people they were recruiting to do this sort of work by emphasising the fact that they were a team and that they were uh, the team dynamic was very important and it, it's quite interesting it it has echoes for example of some of the research that uh, Dr Mark Durand um, here at Judge does around team performance and understanding that very often the best teams don't comprise the best individuals. It probably goes beyond what Mark Durand was saying because rather than simply having one or two people who are in the team to provide social cohesion and aren't necessarily the very best people. The Indian outsourcers are saying, well, actually, the very best people to do this sort of work are actually not the very best lawyers that you can hire. So it, it, it's, it's actually more transformational than perhaps Marx observed in his um, sporting teams. Leads me on to a final point, and that is, what does this mean for the, for the top lawyers and, and for those who are second-rate? I mean, two tiers? Well, two tiers, um, potentially, of, of lawyers, and looking at it from their employing firm's perspective, I think uh, big law firms going forward will, will be thinking very seriously about how many lawyers it recruits, how many graduates it recruits each year um, and at what level they're recruiting. Uh, I've no doubt they will continue to recruit the best and the brightest so that in the fullness of time these people become the partners of the future who um, are able to give the high value um, advice to in, in the most sophisticated transactions. The challenge for that cohort though will be how do you train them? Um, if the sort of work that they historically have done is now being done by either colleagues in, in their firm who aren't considered fast track or indeed that work is being outsourced, how do you give them the basic experience that they will need? And actually their roles may change initially to be ones more of project management rather than actually doing the, the, the legal analysis themselves. So that will provide interesting challenges to, to law firms. How do, how do you get your best and the brightest up to speed if the work that they used to do is, is being done elsewhere? For the, um, the non-fast-track cohort, if I can call it that, the challenge will be to replicate the sort of systems we've seen and observed in Indian outsourcing um, operations. How do you continue to motivate them, make them interested in the work? Um, keep them focused on what they're doing and, and what other um, career structures and motivations are you going to put in place so that people feel happy having a career with that firm even though that it may not lead to the ultimate goal of partnership. Tim Bellis, thank you very much. This programme was produced by Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.